Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I wrote this sermon before I left because I knew I'd be arriving back in town on a Thursday evening, and I did not want to spend my weekend after vacation writing a sermon. So many weeks ago now, I opened up uh, the website I use to find out what the lectionary texts are, and I said, what am I preaching on when I get back? And I saw it was the story of Mary and Martha. And I kind of laughed to myself because I have a lot of thoughts about this story. I have a lot of feelings about it. I have always been both very attracted to this story, to this story of these two sisters, and also a little bothered by it. I remember my mom being in a Bible study where they read a book about being a Mary in a Martha world. And as someone who now knows I have ADHD and sometimes has a hard time sitting still, I always felt like this story was calling me out. I was too much a Mary, and, or too much a Martha and not enough of a Mary. I would try to slow down, try to practice mindfulness, try to have a regular Bible study, but nothing ever quite made me identify with Mary. And I would read this story again and again, and I would struggle to understand what was so wrong for Martha. Was it so bad to be busy trying to take care of her guests? You see, I read this story the way most of us are taught to read it. Jesus and his disciples come into a village. They enter the home of friends. So we've got at least 13 men who need to be fed. And Martha busies herself with the regular duties of hospitality, cleaning, preparing a meal, making sure her guests are welcome, while Mary sits at the feet of Jesus and listens to him, acts as a proper disciple. Something important to me, a woman acting in a man's role, following Christ. But then when Martha asks for a little bit of help, because she is overwhelmed by the amount of work she's given to herself, Jesus tells her, no. No, I'm not going to make Mary help you, nor am I going to get up and help myself. And that never really fit with my understanding of Jesus, of the disciples, of God's work. This is the same Jesus who said that he came not to be served, but to serve. The same Jesus who washed his disciples' feet, taking on a role much less, much lower than that of someone preparing a meal in their home. This is the same Jesus who chose pain and suffering and death for our sakes, but is content here to sit to put his feet up and let someone else overwhelm themselves with work? I struggled with this text so much that my very first class in seminary, which was Greek, great way to get started, dive into a language that uh, is very hard. Not as hard as Hebrew, though. I had to pick two verses from the Bible, from the New Testament, to translate for my big final paper to translate and discuss. And I chose 
the last two verses of this chapter, the Lord's response to Martha. I chose them because I thought maybe if I dive into the Greek, I will understand Jesus' response better. Maybe then I will understand and be able to hear a word of grace, of comfort, for me, who feels decidedly like a Martha. I finished my paper, I did well on it, but I don't think I found those words of comfort. But through my time in reading scripture and listening to other people who are much smarter than me, I have found that we are maybe reading a lot into this short story. The Bible that I showed James, it talked about Mary cooking, or Martha, sorry, I get their names confused. Martha cooking and cleaning. Martha busy with all of these tasks to be a good host to Jesus and all of his disciples. It shows Mary sitting literally at the feet of Jesus and Martha, a harried and busy woman. These are the same stories that were in children's Bibles that I was brought up with them. And certainly there is something to be said for when we are overwhelmed and need to stop and take a deep breath and take a break. But all of these things, the many other disciples, Martha cooking a meal and cleaning her home, Martha even being in her home, Mary even being present, none of those things are actually there in the original story. Now you may think, Pastor Catherine, of course they're there, I've just read it. But let me read you a different translation. This translation of the same original Greek by Mary Stromer Hansen that casts a little bit of a different understanding. As they were on their way, he, being Jesus, came to a village where a woman named Martha received him. She had a sister called Mary, who also was one who sat at the Lord's feet, always listening to his words. But Martha was constantly torn apart concerning much ministry. She suddenly approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister regularly leaves me to minister alone? Tell her, therefore, that she may give me a hand. But the Lord answered her, saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and agitated concerning much, but only one thing is needed. For Mary has chosen good, and it will not be taken away from her. A story that's mostly the same as the one in our bulletin, but there are a few subtle and important differences. For one, while Jesus and Martha are talking about Mary, there is no indication that Mary is present. There is no indication that Mary is there and that Mary is literally sitting at Jesus' feet. Because to sit at Jesus' feet, or anyone's feet, in that time was a common euphemism to be a disciple, to be one who learned from another. And there's an important word. My Greek teacher told me the most important word in the Greek Bible is chi, okay? kappa, alpha, iota. 
there, he'll be happy, not K-A-I. That word means and or also. And most of the time it doesn't get translated into English, but it says that Mary also, Kai, was one who sat at Jesus' feet, which indicates that Martha was too. Mary and Martha, both of these sisters, were disciples, followers of Christ, ones who sat at his feet and learned from him. But they were doing it in different ways. Martha was here in this village, not necessarily in her home. That actually gets added to most translations. And she is torn apart. She is torn up over all the concerns of the ministry in her work. Most translations call that many tasks, but the word is the same word we have for deacons, diakonos. She's torn up by all of the things she's doing to care for people around her. Not necessarily just making a meal for Jesus and his disciples, but making sure that people are fed and clothed and housed because that is what Jesus would have her do. And while she is busy at home with these forms of ministry, her sister Mary, it appears, has left. She has gone out away from their home to do her own ministry. This is a time before cell phones and emails and internet, a time when, when someone went away, you may not hear from them for months or longer. And so while Martha is home doing the best work she can, she is also torn up because her sister is gone. She might be worried a woman out alone in this world might not be safe. So she comes to Jesus and she says, tell Mary to come home. Tell her to come back to me. She can be fine here with this ministry. She doesn't have to be so far away. It's true, I'm reading some into this as well. But... This understanding of the text, it fits so much better with the Jesus that I see throughout Scripture. So much better with the Jesus who comes to serve, with the Jesus who has already sent out 72 of his disciples and will only continue to send out more. So much better with the Jesus who I firmly believe, if he saw someone struggling with too many things on the stove to cook, would get up and help, rather than sit and wait to be served. Reading the text in this way, I still identify with Martha. When it comes to my ministry, I stay close to home, my home church. When I worked in hospitals, my home hospital. I am not one for international ministry, I am not one to be a missionary to, to a far-off place. And sometimes, while I am busy with my ministry, I get worried and torn apart about things that are far outside my control. Worried about other churches, other ministries. Am I living up to their work? Am I doing as well as they are? Comparison can become a very painful way of living. 
worried about all of the troubles of the world that I have no control over, worried about a war in Ukraine that while I pray for it to end as peacefully as possible, I cannot go and fight myself, worried about changes in laws, changes in care, changes in how the least of these are treated near and far. I will do my part, but I can't fix the world. So yes, I still am a Martha in this story. And I still need to hear Jesus' words, but now they are words with more grace in them. Martha, Martha, you are worried and anxious and agitated concerning so many things. Only one thing is needed. Jesus doesn't say exactly what that is, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen well, and I'm not going to take that from her. You see, some people are called to bigger and broader and further ministries, just as others are called here at home. Both of those things are good. Jesus doesn't say one is better than the other, but that it is good. He encourages Martha and her work, and he encourages her to set down some of her worries, to set down some of those things that are only causing her pain instead of being able to help her in her own work. And he reminds Martha that her sister has chosen well, that she's going to be okay, that wherever she is, she is also with God. And God will not take her own calling, her own discipleship work away from her. This story is now not a story about good hospitality or a story about how we should always sit still and listen to Jesus. It is not a story that opposes one sister against another and tells us we must choose a side. This is a story about discipleship, about relationships with God, and about how discipleship carries its concerns with it, yes, but God's grace is present with all types of disciples. We have a member of our synod. She's even preached here for me before. Uh, her name is Lindsay Slazak. She's in Japan right now, starting a whole new ministry with the Lutheran Church in Japan. I could never do that, I don't think, but I'm thrilled that she can. And we have ministers here here in this room, here in our own family, who are called to great work, even if it may seem small or may only affect one or two people. This is discipleship. It comes in many forms. It looks different in every person. But we are all called to sit at the feet of Jesus. We are all called to listen to God's calling on us and to go wherever it leads us, home or abroad, near or far. And then, when we get caught up with worry, when we feel ourselves being torn apart and unable to handle anything anymore, we are called to hear Jesus' words of comfort. Martha, oh my dear Martha, 
You are concerned by so many things. You are agitated, upset. You are so full of worry, you are distracted from your own calling. One thing is necessary. One thing, following Jesus. One thing is necessary, knowing God's love and being empowered by that love so that we can go and love the world, wherever we might be. We are called to remember that God calls us, sends us, and remains with us. That when God calls us and when we go, we are choosing what is good and it will not be taken away from us. And when we send others out, when we worry about them, when we care for them, we are called to remember that God is with them too, that they also have been sent to good, and that they too are with God. Amen.